Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Awesome. I am so excited to be together again today online, whether you're watching at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. or wherever you're watching from. We're going to be wrapping up our We Are Local series. And I don't know about you, but I've been loving this journey we've been on. And I trust today is going to uh, be just as much of an encouragement as all the previous weeks um, as well. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to jump right in. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to be reading from the message, and it says this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let's pray, and then we're going to dive straight in. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us clearly, that as we open up the scriptures together, that you would challenge us, you would strengthen us, you would sharpen us, and ultimately you would speak to us in your mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. If you're taking notes, um, the title of this message is Live Local, A Guide to Going Public. How to be a church that lives local, active in our communities, people who aren't afraid afraid to share their faith with others in our neighborhoods, people who are light in our communities and light to our communities, a church who keeps open house and are generous with our lives, as I know so many of us watching are already. Not keeping God a secret, but as the scripture that we just read said, by opening up to others, we prompt people to open up to God. Going public. People who don't hide under a bucket but as Paul writes to the Romans, aren't, he, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation for anybody who believes. I'm a simple guy. Uh, I didn't go to university. I don't have degrees to my name or diplomas to my name. I wasn't particularly great in school. Um, I did, however, uh, I was really good at math in grade four. And uh, that got me a place in a math club, which the name was Rainbow Riders. Um, So if, you know, anything, I left as an alumni of the famous Rainbow Riders. Um, (laughs) But what that means as a simple guy is um, I really like to make things as simple as possible, firstly for me, but also as we unpack the scriptures, I believe God wants to highlight things. And so today I pray that it's going to be practical. It's going to be stuff that we can put into practice. As James says, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. Basically, it's not enough to just read our Bibles, but we've got to do what it says. It's not enough to just come on a Sunday and nod our heads, raise our hands, have a good old fashioned hoorah rah. Uh, and hear God's voice and hear the speaker without actually putting into practice in our lives what we hear. And um, when I read the Bible, I quickly get a sense that Jesus and what he's done for me and for you isn't just for me. And it isn't just, as we read in the scripture, uh, a secret to be kept, but it's for my friends and my family 
He's for my neighborhood. He's for my community, for my city, for my nation, for the entire world. It says in the Bible in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is a patient, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. Habakkuk 2, 14 says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. Jesus speaking in Luke 19 says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And finally in Matthew 28, it says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This message of hope, this message of our Savior, this good news is for all, not just for us. So why is it so hard for us to go public? Why is it uh, sometimes difficult to share our faith, to live local? I read a statistic. It says 55%, over half of all churchgoers say that they haven't shared their faith with somebody in over six months. Research shows that millennials now say that the uh, onus on sharing their faith is no longer on themselves, but they believe it's on the local churches and more specifically the local pastor to share the gospel on a Sunday and, and that's enough. There's a swing that's happened since previous generations where people simply aren't, at least as the statistics might show, sharing their faith as much as they used to, at least in the Western church. And some of the reasons um, we don't share our faith as much as uh, we could, um, could be summed up in four different reasons. Again, simple guy, I'm gonna try to break it down. These are at least four of, I'm sure, many reasons. But these are the things that I know that I've struggled with. One of them is we're afraid, which totally guilty of. Um, it's not always easy to share your faith, uh, especially in today's cancel culture, in today's climate. You know, it's a scary thing to share what we believe. Second reason might be um, we don't feel qualified, which again, feel guilty of, where we feel like we've never really been taught how to share our faith, or we feel like pe other people are more qualified than us, the Billy Grahams of the world, or the uh, Levi Mary churches on a Sunday. Um, we don't want to be pushy is maybe the third reason, which um, I don't think any of us ever want to be. We don't want to be uh, that person or the guy on a soapbox in the middle of town, which I'm not knocking, by the way. But people feel an anxiety when we talk about sharing our faith that it they kind of jump to conclusions that it may be that I got to stand in the middle of town and grab a megaphone. And that's how I do it. And then finally, and I think probably... Um, is the most pertinent in the church is uh, we're complacent. Um, we simply just don't care, which is terrible to say, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, um, many of us can say we've, uh, we're guilty of that. There's nothing but grace here. And I believe that today and what we're gonna explore together is an invitation for us to take a step forward in this 
And I believe that many of us watching are, this is going to be old hat to you and you probably do this and this may not be specific to you, but for maybe a lot of us, and, and I'll say me included, I'll throw myself in the ring here. Um, this I believe is going to be encouragement for us to be those who live local. And the good news is, is we don't need a spiritual degree. Um, to share our faith. We don't need to be an expert. We don't need to be a pastor. We don't need to be Billy Graham. We don't need all the answers. And 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 to 21, it says, for the love of Christ compels us. All right, that's a, just make note of that. The love of Christ compels us because we've concluded this, that one Jesus has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might not no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. Reconciliation, big word, basically means what was once together was taken apart. And reconciliation is bringing those things back together. Things that were together are coming back together again after they've been apart. Not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of recon reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. This is speaking to every single one watching this who is a believer. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. You are an ambassador in your community, in your workplace, and in your school or wherever you find yourself. And the definition for ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the highest rank appointed for a special assignment. You are an agent of the highest rank in the kingdom of God to represent Christ to everyone around you, to the world. And we read the scripture, for the knowledge of the glory of God will be uh, will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. He wants to do that through me and you as ambassadors. But how can we do this ambassador thing? Like, <laughs> whoa, uh, thing, not thing. I don't know why I went ghetto there for a second. Um, as I'm so not, obviously I was part of the rainbow riders, but, um, don't worry as a rainbow rider alumni, I'm here to break it down. I think there's some simple stuff that we can go through today where we don't need to overcomplicate. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate what it can mean to share our faith, um, rather than just letting it flow naturally. Um, so in the interest of simplicity, I'm going to give you four steps for the guide to going public, kind of like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. This is the Grunaway guide to going public. Four steps on going public. Are you ready? Step one, simple again. Remember, it's simple. Fall in love with Jesus. That's an easy one. Remember when you first came to know Jesus? Um, I was thinking about this and thinking about people that when they first get saved, they're, you're buzzing. I mean, you are on the top of the world. Uh, Jesus just rocked your life. It's like you could breathe for the first time. You're passionate. You're fiery. There's no apologies. You're telling everybody about what Jesus did for you. Um, no fear. It's like falling in love for the first time because that's 
that's literally what happens. You meet love for the first time. And I think some of us, we might be holding back from going public because as John says in Revelation to the church in Ephesus, we've forgotten our first love. And for some of us today, one of the simple steps we can take in sharing our faith is coming back to our first love to get that fire back, to get that passion back. Maybe the cares of the day-to-day life, which are legit, have overshadowed the passion that was once there. And um, friends, Jesus is wonderful. Um, He's so good. He's full of love and mercy. He's gentle and kind. He's powerful and full of justice. He's in control. He is Lord. He is the master. He is our great shepherd. He is the light of the world. He is almighty. He is the great advocate. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is faithful and true. He delivers, he empowers the one who sets the captives free, the one who causes blind eyes to see, the one who makes the lame to walk. To those who mourn, he fills with joy. He is hope to the hopeless. He is freedom. He is the rock of our salvation. He's the great high priest. He's the head of the church. He's the mighty one, our Messiah, our Savior. He is the Son of God, immovable. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the wonderful counselor, everlasting father. He is the king. He is the prince of peace. He's the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance filled with grace. He is Yahweh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the great I Am. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the reason we have breath in our lungs and he is the reason we sing these songs on days like today. He died for us. He rose again victoriously. He saved us. He set us free. All things were created through him and for him and by him and at his name. Every knee should bow and every tongue could confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all worth it because it's all for him. And sometimes for me, I know there's just a simplicity in just coming back and just filling our whole gaze with the Father again, filling our whole gaze with Jesus again, that those who live might not no longer live for themselves as we read earlier, but for him for their sake died and was raised. And every now and again, I get a little nudge just to remind me of who all this is for. As Simon Sinek, uh, 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 an author and a, and a business mogul or whatever we wanna call him, a leadership guru says, we need to find our why. And for us as believers, our why is a person and that is Jesus. So that's step one. Step two, remember simple. All this stuff you're gonna know, be filled with the spirit. I'm simple as I said, Um, but uh, I'll have you know, I have a little bit of a wild and crazy side as well. Um, I got a wild side. I'm the kind of person who um, likes to pull up at a gas station for gas when my gas tank gets either to one kilometer or zero. To me, it's kind of like a badge of honor. If I can get my gas tank all the way to one or zero and roll onto that forecourt, just in time for gas. I love it. 
pretty wild, pretty crazy. Um, it's as wild as it's going to get for a 36 year old with three kids. All right. Just bear with me. Um, this wildlife has its drawbacks. Uh, Alex, my wife, uh, isn't a big fan. In fact, it, it did, uh, backfire once, maybe twice, three times, but one time in France, um, we lived in the UK. We we're going to France for a vacation. We were driving there. Lily was about six months old. And we were in this situation where I wanted my badge of honor with the gas tank. We we're coming on empty. We we're going through the English Channel Tunnel and we're coming out the other side. We had very little gas left. And I had planned, knowing where the gas station was, thinking we could make it, that we would get gas just in time. About six kilometers out, we ran out of gas. Car slows down. Thankfully, there was a rest area. It was 30 degrees. It was hot. So we rolled in slowly with that little bit of gas we had left just to inch us on fumes into that service gas. It wasn't a gas station. It was like a rest area with picnic tables, bathrooms, that sort of thing. Roll in. Alex, uh, unimpressed, says I got to sort it out. So either I could walk to go get gas or I could ask somebody for help. So this lovely older English couple, I looked at the license plates, found somebody from Britain because I don't know any French, asked them to take me. They were happy to take me. Little did I know the husband wasn't a big fan of me kind of ruining whatever I was ruining for them. He decided that he wasn't going to bring me back. So brought me to the gas station, filled up some jerry cans full of gas. They took off. I didn't realize they were going to take off. So I was left with my flip flops to walk six kilometers in 30 degree weather with two jerry cans full of gas. The walk of shame. Um, a terrible walk of shame. And um, I made it back and sure enough, filled the gas with gas again, and we were ready to rock. And I have not heard the end of it since. Um, but I think for some of us, our life and walk with Jesus can be a little bit like that, um, where we're running on fumes. Um, we know and love Jesus, which is great. And we have a relationship with him. Um, but it's like having a battery under the hood where we've got a battery in the car, it gives power, it keeps the car alive, but we're called as Christians to fill ourselves daily with the Spirit. And Jesus speaks about this and went so far to say to his disciples not to do anything or go anywhere until they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1-4 it says, while he was still together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1.8, it says, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the, and the order there is important. He says, you, you will receive power and then you will be my witnesses. And Jesus is saying, look, guys, I don't want you to do a thing or go anywhere until you're filled with my spirit. They knew Jesus. They loved him. They walked with him. They talked to him. And Jesus is saying here, it's it, you still need, guys, that filling of the Spirit to live the life that I've called you to. He's saying, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to fill you with my Spirit and my presence, but don't go anywhere until then. Don't do what I did in France. Go just about till you're empty to roll into that forecourt of a Sunday morning to get your fill of his presence in the spirit. Um, 
we need Sundays and Sundays are a lot like a, a, a full service pump where we pull in and somebody comes out and fills up for you. It's a little bit like that where we're with people that fill us up. The Bible's all about not neglecting meeting together. But also Jesus encourages us every day to be filled with his spirit, which is more like that kind of self-serve pump that we normally go to where in daily prayer and worship and being in the word, we can be filled daily with his spirit where we can be baptized with the spirit, but there's that, that daily infilling that he's called us for because we won't go far without a full tank of gas. You'll be stuck on a, at a, at a rest area rather than going to your final destination, enjoying the life that Jesus has for you in France. Um, and Jesus encourages us that we shouldn't go anywhere until there, or we shouldn't go far without being filled. He's the one that gives us confidence. He's the one that gives us the words. His spirit is the one that shows us the opportunities around us to share our faith. So first step is this, fall in love with Jesus. Second step is this, be filled with the spirit. Step three of four, use what you have. There's a great story in the Bible of a guy named Levi and uh, otherwise known as Matthew. In Luke 5, it says, um, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to... I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Levi was radically changed by Jesus. So much so it says that he left everything and followed him. This guy was a tax collector. He was the worst of the worst in that time. He would have been a thief. He would have taken people's money. He would have cheated people. He would have done what he had to do to get taxes for um, the Romans at the time. And people didn't like him. And this guy leaves his whole life to follow Jesus. He was radically changed. He had no formal Bible training. He didn't go through a five-step course on how to share your faith, but right away we see what he does and he reaches his community. He lives local. And what I love about this is he used what he had. And in Levi's case, he threw a party. This guy knew how to throw a party. He knew how to throw a good party. It says that there was tax collectors there and other people, a large crowd were eating with them. He used what he had. He didn't wait till he was a mature Christian or he went through Bible college to share his faith. He used what he had and he used what he knew. He threw a party. You may love to cook. Have people around for a meal like Nadia, Nadia encouraged us a few weeks back the ministry around the table. You may love running, find a running club. I know a few good ones um, or start one, maybe start one in Canada because it might be closer for other people that live in the city. Um, you may love gaming, invite some people around to, to game together, to, to have a gaming session. You might be an introvert. That's okay, go for a quiet one-on-one -on -one coffee with somebody. You may love TV and watch The Bachelor, ba the Bachelorette or The Bachelor. I don't even know which one it is. Invite the ladies or guys around and have a watch party. Use what you have. Don't over-spiritualize it. 
Go with what you love and what you have. Step four for a guide to going public is invite somebody to church. And in John 4, there's a great story about Jesus who meets a Samaritan woman at a well. And he meets with her and um, he asks her to draw water and he ends up basically revealing that he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. And we pick it up in John 4. Now his disciples were with him, but he sends them off to go get food. And in John 4, 28, it says this, then leaving her water jar, this is talking about the Samaritan woman. The woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way toward him. The disciples came back and um, they tried to get Jesus to eat something. And then in verse 34, it says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the, until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. That was her testimony. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he said, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. It's this incredible story of a woman who goes and basically shares the gospel, the good news with a community. Locally, she comes and she shares her faith and she says, come and see a man. You know, most people come to church because they're invited by a friend. Most people come to faith because of a friend who led them to the Lord. Statistically, uh, most people learn about Jesus through a friend. And one of the ways we can go public is simply by inviting someone to church, by inviting a friend to church. Come and see a man. She was saying, come and see Jesus. And for us, it's not just a Sunday, but we can invite them to our groups, to our hangouts, and when they come, I believe that when they see us and when they see the church, they see Jesus. In John 13, 34, Jesus is saying, by, um, by your love, people will know who I am. They will know that you're my disciples because of the love that you have for one another. And with this story, we see a woman who goes and she brings her community to meet Jesus, much like when we invite people to church. And what I love about this is they, there's, there's something that shifts for them when they meet Jesus. They say, we're not only believing because of the things that you said because of your testimony, but we now believe, having heard him, that he is the savior of the world. And that is the opportunity we have when we come and we bring people to church. And so that's step four for a guide to going public. And so there was four steps we talked about at the beginning, four fears that might stop us. And those fears were, we might be afraid. And we just looked at step one, we can fall in love with Jesus again. And when we're afraid, we can fall in love with Jesus. When we don't feel qualified, which is another fear we talked about, we can be filled with the spirit. 
when we don't want to be too pushy, which was another fear that might come up or another reason that might come up for not sharing our faith with others. We can use what we have and we can be like Levi. We can throw a party. We can, um, we can use what we have and, and use who we are and what we love to reach our communities. And when we feel complacent and when we're complacent, one of the simplest things we can do is invite someone to church. Will there be hard times? For sure. Will we have rejection? Totally. It, but is it worth seeing people come to know Jesus? Heck yes, for sure it is. Matthew 5, to finish up here, just to remind us of what we said at the beginning. It says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there, on a hilltop, on a light, light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. We're call, all called to share our faith. And I hope you've enjoyed the Grunewig's Guide to Going Public. Now you might be watching this and you might not know Jesus. And I believe in Jesus. You probably gathered that from listening to me for the last half an hour. And I believe he's the son of God. And right at the very beginning when God created us, he created us to have a relationship with, it, with him. You might have heard of somebody named Adam and Eve and them walking through the garden. And they, they had a relationship with God where they walked with God, they talked with God, they were together with God. But what happened is sin entered the world and separated us from God. And we talked about this ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation, where God, by his love, through his son, it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he gave his son, Jesus, to basically fill the void, fill the gap, and reconcile us back to God so that we would have friendship with God again. And you might be here and you might not know Jesus. And I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to God. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we give him our life, when we become a Christian, we fill that void. We come back to God so that we can have a relationship with him, a friendship with him. And it's the best decision you can ever make. So if that's you this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're watching, I just encourage you to pray with me now. I'm going to pray and you can follow with me and say these words. So Father, we thank you for what you did on the cross for us. Jesus, I thank you that you died for us. That we could have life and life to the full. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me that you died on the cross for me to take away all my sins, that you died on the cross for me to fill that void so that I could have a friendship with God again. And so Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you everything. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' 
name. Amen. 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 Be blessed, church. I'm going to hand it back to the team. Have a great, great week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.